want to give up. Sometimes we want to lose hope, but God is telling you to hold on and to stand still. So be encouraged on this morning, knowing that everything works together for the good. For those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you on this morning. We glorify you. We magnify you, God. We lift you up, God, because you are God. You are high and you're lifted up. God, we praise you, God, for everything that you have already done. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your loving kindness. God, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. God, we thank you, Father God, that we can do all things through Christ which strengthen us on today. And we thank you that you give power to the faint on this morning. And to those that have no might, God, you increase strength unto us this morning. And Father, I thank you that as I open my mouth, God, you have already filled it. I thank you that every need in this place, God, has already been met, God. I thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit who's hoovering, who's waiting. Father God for the spoken word and as the word go forth the Holy Spirit release the power God as this word go forth on today give your people itching ears God I thank you that their heart is open and receptive on this morning thank you Father God for giving me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season this morning to those that are weary on today God and I thank you Father God for my helper, my teacher, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, illuminate this word this morning so it penetrates our very being and it comes out of my mouth like a two-edged sword, like a fire this morning that devours everything going on around us, God, like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you today. Thank you that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened today as the word of God goes forth in the name of Jesus. God, I bind every demonic force, God, that's even trying to come in this place on this morning to hinder, God, what you, God, have already prepared, what you have already set up in the midst of your people on today, God. God, I come against witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus. Every spoken word that was spoken out against this ministry, God, verbally, physically, spiritually, financially, God, mentally and emotionally. I speak that it has been broken right now in the name of Jesus. And I speak peace. Be still in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say unto his people. And while we're going into the word of God, I want to say this. We want to honor his word. While the word is being spoken, we need to not to be walking, roaming around, but we need to give honor and respect unto the word of God. Because it is his word. It's not my word, but it is his word. So let's go into 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 17, and I know that all of us are familiar with that passage of scripture, but I want to um, go over it this morning. 
2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Let's hear what the Lord has to say unto his people. Amen? Amen. And the word of God says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Let me say that again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk about this morning being in Christ. Being in Christ. Um, The Lord has put this on my heart for such a long time, and it's always on my heart because when I look around and I look at the body of Christ, and not only looking at the body of Christ, but even looking at myself, I, you know, cry out to the Lord for the people of God because I see that um, people that are born again, people that say that they are saved, that they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, is not living the life that they have accepted. And this is what I want to talk about this morning because I feel as if if people really knew who they were now that they're in Christ, some of the things that they're going through, they don't have to go through. We're going through things in our lives because we really don't know who we are. When you know who you are and who you belong to, the things that you go through, you wouldn't be going through so long. But what we do is we look at the things we go through more than we look at who we are now that we're in Christ. And when you don't know who you are now that you're in Christ, you will be in the same fix you were the year before or the year before that. And it's time to come out of these places that we're in because we don't have to be in these places. Whatever place that you're in this morning, I'm believing this morning that you come out. And God has made a way for us to come out, but we have to accept the way that has already been made. One thing that you have to understand when the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Being in Christ is what makes you a new creation, a new creature, a new specimen of being. That's how I'm going to put it. If you don't know that you're in Christ, in Christ means that you're united with him. You have come in union with him. You have come in being one with him. Paul used that term so much in the word of God. And the reason why he used that term is because every church that Paul went to, Paul had to bring correction to that church. And when he brought correction, he will always use in Christ, in the Lord. And the reason why he would do that, because he was reminding them who they are now that they're in Christ. See, every day we have to be reminded of who we are now that we are in Christ. So you have become in union with him. You have become united with him, meaning that your life is not based on you no more. It is based on him. When God see um, Jesus, he don't see you. He see his son. When you stand before him, he don't see you. He see his son. Because he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit with him. We have been joined unto him. Joined mean that you have cleaved unto him. That means that you are united with him. That means that you're one with him. 
everything that Jesus has, you have. So you can't see yourself outside of him. You got to see yourself for who you really are in him. And until you know who you are, now that you in him, I don't care how many titles you hold, it don't mean anything. And you cannot move according to that call because you don't know who you are. You're trying to move according to who people want you to be. If you don't know who you are, you cannot function in the call that God has placed upon your life because you're trying to be someone that you're not. So you got to come out of you. And until you come out of you, people won't be able to see who you are in him. I want people to know who I am in him because it's not about me. It's all about him. So I want to stay there on that verse that says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Don't let people dictate to you how they want you to be. Don't let people use how you used to be on you to stop you from doing what you supposed to be doing in him. You don't go on your past. You go on who you are now that you're in Christ Jesus. That's not who I am now. See, you got to understand people perceive you by your past. As long as you let people perceive you by your past, that's how you're going to live according to your past. I'm telling you, you got to get past you. When someone asks who you are, you cannot look at them like, okay, my name is Amanda. No, who you are based on what you believe. You have to say, I'm a child of the king. I have been chosen. I have been accepted in the beloved. I have been adopted. I'm no longer rejected. I am. Y'all better hear me today. Some of y'all are still in the same place because you're basing your life on who you used to be. That's not who I am today so people look at their profession who are you I'm apostle no that's not who I really am see you got to know who you that's my call but if I don't know who I really am in him I cannot fulfill the call that he has on my life because I'm gonna always make it about me and not make it about who I am in him It's too many people trying to satisfy folks by their career. They're trying to satisfy folks by, I should be married at this certain time. Who said you should be married at this certain time? God know when you need to be married. He know whom you need to be attached to. He know your career. He know you inside out. So we need to quit trying to put things out there because everybody is doing it. That don't mean you're supposed to be doing it. So if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, you don't know who you are. It's too many people going on title. It's too many people going on where they should work, when they should work there. They have their life lined up. By this age, I'm going to be doing this. See, you're doing it. God has your life already written in the book of life. God knows everything about you, every minute, every second, every hour, every day. God knows what's going to take place with you. So our focus should be on who we are now that we're in Christ. When the Bible says that that we're joined unto him and we're one spirit with him, God was giving me this illustration 
And he always used marriage when it comes to me, I guess because that's where I am now. When you're single, he'll use one for you. Well, some of you still single, amen? So he was using this illustration with me. Y'all know this man over here is my handsome father, Brother Elijah Walker, amen? Y'all know this gentleman over here is my handsome husband, amen? Um, Brother James and Jack of all trades and all of that good stuff. Y'all know him by all of that. Amen. So what I'm saying is when um, before I married this man, I was in this man's house. And when I was in this man's house, you know, I want to specify this. When you are still in somebody's house, you're still looking for them to take care of you. I don't care how old you get. Let me say it again. As long as I was in that man's house, the lights were in his name. The mortgage was in his name. The cars was in his name outside of my car. So everything come up under his name. So long as I'm up under his roof, I'm looking for him to take care of me. Even though I say I'm grown, I'm still in his house. So that means if I'm in his house, I go by his rules. I go by what he say because I can't get outside of that because I'm still in his house. But the day I made up my mind to say, say, I don't want to be in your house no more. I met somebody that's going to take care of me, that's going to give me everything that I need. So I'm coming to him and telling him I'm going to get married. So I'm still waiting on him to tell me, is it okay? I'm still under his um, house, his rules. I'm still his daughter, right? So you want to get permission. So when daddy gave me permission to marry this man, This is what I want you to understand is I was cleaving to my father, my earthly father. I was dependent on him knowing that whatever I needed, I knew he would be there to help me with that need because that's the one I depended on. But the day I made a decision that I wanted to leave his house and depend on this man, y'all got to understand something. You don't just jump into marriage just because you want to jump in the bed because there ain't no excuse no more because people are jumping in the bed before they even get married. So I know there ain't no excuse no more. So when daddy said, okay, you're going to get married, blase, blase, yes. So the day that I got married, daddy had to be there to give me unto that man. So that means that when daddy gave me to that man, he had to let go of me and I had to let go of him. It was no more cleaving unto my daddy. I had to cleave unto this man. I had to be joined unto this man. And y'all, y'all know what happens. I was Amanda Walker. But the moment I left my father's house, I became Amanda Bryant. Walker wasn't in the equation no more, except they asked you, what was your main name? But now I go on Bryant, so my life is depend on Bryant, and it depend on Walker no more. When I have a situation in my life, I go to Bryant instead of going to Walker. If I go to Walker, I ain't respecting Bryant. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. So where am I going? If I respected this man while I was in his house, okay, I gave him that respect. Then when I left his house, all respect go to this man. Not that I don't respect my father, but his respect is above my daddy's respect now when it comes to the house that I'm living in. I can't take my house and take it to his house no more. Because what's in my house is between us, not between my daddy. 
Now, where am I going? Okay, before you got born again, all of us was in Adam. That means that because of one man's sin, the sin that Adam did, all of us became sinners because of that one man. All of us was in Adam. We was in Adam's house. Adam's house represented curses. Adam's house represented disobedience. Adam's house represented the world. That's what Adam's house represented. But the day that we heard about Jesus, the day that we heard about what Jesus done for us, how he died for our sins, because we know the wages of sin is death. That was the penalty of sin. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ. So in order for us to have eternal life, a life that does not end, that keeps on going on forever, even when we die, y'all, we still living because that's what eternal life is. So when I heard about Jesus, even though I was in Adam, when I heard about Jesus, guess what? I left from being in Adam and I become being in Christ. See, this is what I'm talking about, meaning that I don't cleave to this life no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new in Christ. So some of us are scrattling the fence. We still want to be in Adam and we still want to be in Christ, but you can't serve two masters. You should have had your mind made up when you heard the good news. So now that we are in Christ, y'all want you to understand this. Everything that Christ has belongs to us because this is one man. All of us are in that one man. One man is what makes us a new man. It's what gives us a new life. So everywhere that we go, everybody that's in Christ should be speaking the same thing should be doing the same thing. Your characteristics should be the same. But this is what God is telling me. There is a problem in the body of Christ. We got too many people still stuck on me, myself, and I that don't want to come out of that me, myself, and I mode so people are not seeing Christ. Because you think it's still about you. It is not about you. It's all about him and what he has done on your behalf. See, there was a great exchange. When I accepted Jesus, what was happening was Jesus was taking all of my sins upon him and praise God, he gave me all of his righteousness. That means that I'm no longer living by what I used to do or when I used to do it. I'm living by being righteous in him, being right in right standing with God through Jesus Christ because the only way I can get to the father is through his son. There's no other way. Buddha can't get you to heaven. Muhammad can't get you to heaven. And I got news for you. You can't even get yourself to heaven. See, some of us are still trying to make our way in by tithing. We're trying to make our way in by praying longer. We're trying to make our way in for being good. I don't care how good you are. It ain't based on your goodness. It's based on his. So I'm living off of his goodness. I'm living off of his mercy. I'm living off of his righteousness, his faith, everything I am is because of him 
It is not because of me. So I want you to see yourself as being in him. Guess what? I don't care how much the world reject me. I am never rejected. Because he has accepted me. And my acceptance is not based on nobody liking me. My acceptance is not based on how people feel about me. My acceptance is based on him. So if you never accepted me, it ain't going to hurt my feelings. Because I grew up, y'all. I know who I am now that I'm in him. And as long as you know who you are, now that you're in him, you won't even hold a grudge with those that didn't accept you. Come on, we got to grow up. We have not grown up yet. We're too busy talking about why people don't like me. And while you being busy about that, you should be rejoicing and said, I know why, why they don't like me because I'm in him and he's in me. And I have a new life now that I'm in Christ. He said, if they hated you, baby, they, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Glory be to God. I am hated because of who I am. We spend too much time in church. Trying to make somebody like us. And if we all part of one body, they should like you outside of your foolishness. I said it. Not like you, but they should love you outside of you gossiping, outside of you being offended, outside of you slandering them. They should love you because they don't look at you no more according to the flesh. They look at you according to who you are. Now that you're in Christ. See, we don't even know what it means to be in Christ no more. Because we're still trying to get people to love us. We're still trying to get people to like us. You have to let them know. Before I know who I was, I tried so hard to please man. But when I got into the mirror, the spiritual mirror... And I began to see myself, Jennifer, for who I really am. It didn't matter to me no more what people thought about me. I didn't lose no sleep because I was talked about. I didn't do it no more. Why? Because I have been born again. And that's what it means to be in Christ. You're born again. You are a new creation. And you're not out here to please man. You're out here to please God. And the only way you can please him is being who you are in Christ. So you got to ask yourself, who are you? See, when the speaker Sunday was asking me who my husband was, y'all see how I flipped the switch. I said, who are you? Because it ain't for me to know. It's for him to know. He's supposed to know who he is. I can tell him all day who he is. But until he believe in who he is, it don't matter. So that's why you have to spend time with the father. And if you spend time with the father, you're going to know the son. See, there's a problem, y'all. Just like Jesus spent all that time with his disciples. And when he got ready to go away to be with the father, Philip said, show us. The father. (laughs) Ain't that funny? Show us the father. Jesus said, Philip, 
I spent all this time with you. I've been with you for such a long time. And you're going to say, show us the father. Philip was lost. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. Let's stop right there. Who do people see when they see you? Do they see a stuck up person? Do they see an offended person? Do they see a selfish person? Do they see a person that's always gossiping, a person that's always lying, a person that's always trying to stand up for me, myself, and I? Who do they see? When they see you, they supposed to see him. That's why Jesus said when they slap you on one side, turn to the other. Why? Because you no longer in you no more. You in him. It's no longer about you no more. It's about him. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. If we don't know who we are, we're fighting. We're struggling. We're struggling with our call. We're struggling with our marriage. We're struggling on our jobs. Everywhere we go, we're struggling because we're trying to prove ourselves. We're trying to prove ourselves of who we are, not who we are in Christ, but who they want us to be. Anything that you do, when you do it unto him, guess what? You're doing a good work. Because you pleasing him, you're doing what he would have you to do. And if you please him, he would even make your enemies your footstool. So it's time for us to see who we are now that we are in Christ. If you are in Christ, it doesn't matter what people say about you. As long as you know who you are and who you belong to, let them talk. It does not matter. You have to get yourself from being stuck on you. I'll give you an example. Y'all know when Jesus, he came to the earth, the word became flesh and dwelled among us. I want y'all to think about it. If Jesus is in you and you in him and you won, guess what? We're flesh but the word is in you and the word became flesh and dwelled among us. So when people see you, they're supposed to see the word dwelling among them. So when Jesus came and walked the earth, the first thing that Jesus did was Jesus had to recognize who he was because Jesus came as human. He came as flesh in which Jesus was God himself because God could not find anybody that could fit the bill for what he needed. And we got to understand that when he walked this earth, he saw everything that we're seeing now. That's why he walked the earth to experience everything before he went to be with the father. This is why Jesus is interceding on our behalf because he already been down here. He already been through everything that you're going through even right now. See, the thing is, when we go through some things, don't think you're the only one that's been through it. See, when we're going through, we always say, nobody go through but me. Come on, that ain't what the word says. The word says, don't think that you're not going through anything that's common to man. But God will give you a way of escape. I'm paraphrasing it. Because God said there's somebody that's already been through what you're going through. So don't think you're the only one that's going through it. And you lay in there having a pity party saying, well, if I was like Apostle Amanda. No, don't you say that. You don't know what I've been through. I ain't told you half of what I've been through. 
I ain't told you half of the things I still go through. But because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ, it may look to you like I ain't going through. Like I don't have no needs. But I'm here to tell you, everything I need is in him. My sufficiency comes from him. The Bible says that our lives are hidden in Christ. What did that mean? That means I'm secure. I'm protected because of him. My security is in him. That's why I'm missing hell. Not because of anything I have done. I am secure in him. So when you know your position in Christ, you will get off of what's happening in here and now. Jesus walked the earth, but what he did, he had to know who he was. He had to have a relationship with the father. And Jesus held on to everything that the father said. Jesus said, I only do what the father does. He said, what I I see the father doing, that's what I do. I only say what the father is saying. So what Jesus was saying, I don't get outside of the father. So while I'm walking this earth, whatever you see me doing, whatever you see me, whatever I say, is because of what the father has said. It's because of what the father is doing. And that's because Jesus had a relationship with the father and he knew what the father was doing. So Jesus, when he walked the earth, y'all know that he had to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus had to have everything that we have now to live here on earth. And after he got all of that, remember what he said, repent, have a change of mind, because the kingdom has come unto you. So after Jesus had said that, and he was talking about the kingdom, guess what Jesus was saying? I'm here to bring the kingdom. But the only way you can get into the kingdom is through me. I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all are kingdom citizens. And the only way evangelists that people can get in the kingdom is through you. It's through you, Jonas. It's through you, Apostle Cross. It's through you, Phyllis. It's through you, Miss Mary. It's through you, Manny. It's through you, Julia. But you know what the problem is? We compare ourselves amongst ourselves And that ain't wise. People may look at Manny and say, Manny know the Bible. He know the whole word. But if you compare yourself with Manny, you're going to miss somebody for the kingdom. Because you ain't going to do it, Tyson, the way Manny does it. God is going to use you the way he want to use you. You can't check in with Manny and say, how I say this and how I say that. No, you say it from the heart. It's according to where you've been. Nobody can bring people in the kingdom the way I bring people in the kingdom because you ain't me. And God's going to use me for where I am in him. That's why he gave all of us talent. He gave all of us ability. And he anoints us according to what he has given us, what he can trust us with. So get your mind off of me, Manny, anybody in the house. Put your mind on him and let him use you the way he want to use you. Not according to Joyce Myers, T.D. Jake, Juanita. Get your mind off these people. It's about who you are in Christ. What he want to do through you, you will never find out what he want to do through you when you're trying to act like somebody else, trying to talk like somebody else trying to dance and sing like somebody else. You know that you cannot move like that child can move. You still got 
some stuff that got to be worked out. How do I know? Because you're sitting down all the time. You don't even want to go walk nowhere. As soon as you move, you hear bones cracking. But you're trying to be like the young girl over here that's always moving. You got to get up. You got to do something with yourself. But then you want to get up in church and try to do a little turn. And then they got to turn you back around and pray for you. Because you're trying to be like somebody else. That's it. Oh, I can do that. You don't know how much time they took practicing. You don't know how much time they took and believing God to do what they, God, I can't do it myself, but I'm putting trust in you. And then when you get up there, you come out of you and you know it's the spirit. Then after it's all over, you say, let me sit down for a minute. Because it ain't no more the spirit is you now. But God ain't going to leave you to yourself because whatever he give you to do, guess what? Ain't going to be no aches and pains in that. Because he gave it to you. So we got to come out of trying to be like somebody else. Be who God has called you to be. Y'all, I remember in school, y'all know in school they had like um, popular group, right? They had the popular group and I'll just say nerd group, popular group, in-between group. Y'all know them groups. You got the nerd group, in-between group, and then you're getting up to the popular group, right, Lisa? So everybody wanted to get to the popular group because it looked like the popular group was having a time, you know, living that life. They laughing, they cutting up, and every time you sit there and watch them, you're saying, I want to be a part of that. I want to be in the midst of that. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't you act like you don't know right now because y'all got groups in the church. Y'all got groups in the church. Well, why I can't sit at a pasta table? Because you don't want to. It ain't that I didn't tell you not to. Why I can't go out and eat with a pasta? Because you ain't coming to eat with me. Don't get mad at the ones that say, Apostle, where you going? I don't know where I'm going. Can we go where you? Sure. Yeah, I don't own no restaurant. Come on, people get mad. Who are you in Christ? Ain't no popular groups in church. We are one in the body of Christ. People get mad because they feel like they left out. Well, Sister Shirley didn't invite me to her house. She invited everybody else. Maybe that's who God told her to invite. Maybe she had to minister to them and feed them first. You get to a man through his belly. You feed, you feed them real good. They'll sit still and listen because they're tired and sleeping. Didn't know. Come on, God gave us some wisdom. Say, fill them up. They ain't gonna go nowhere for a while. Oh, somebody getting hit this morning. I ain't apologizing. Because it's all in the house. So see, I wanted to be a part of that popular group. But y'all, the problem was I couldn't be a part of something that wasn't supposed to be for me. So when I finally realized that, guess when I finally realized that when I was hurt. Thinking that nobody liked me. The devil had me thinking, oh, nobody like you. Nobody don't want you around. So I kept to myself. I didn't say much. Renee know in school. I didn't say nothing. Renee was part of that popular group. Always running her mouth. And <laughs> Renee was loud, y'all. Renee was loud something in school. Don't let Renee fool you. I'm trying to get her to her potential. Renee was the loud one in school. They had their little group. 
sitting together. Everybody knew when the new road come in. Come on, Nate. Everybody knew that was from the new road. Everybody knew when Curry come in. Everybody knew when Maple Hill come in. Burger or just burger? True. Come on, it's true, isn't it, Miss Mary? Everybody knew the groups. Everybody knew what was up. Come on, in daddy time, everybody knew Skeet. They knew him as don't mess with Skeet. He'll pull a gun on you in a minute. Nobody messed with Skeet. Skeet had a reputation, but that ain't who he is now. <laughs> Say, thank God. Amen, everybody. But this is what I'm saying. Everybody had something in their lives that they didn't like about yourself. You tried to live up to what everybody else was doing. You tried to wear what everybody else was wearing. You tried to do everything everybody else was doing, but you knew deep down inside, I don't fit. I don't fit in that group. So you're more miserable trying to fit. So when I found out I really didn't fit, y'all, all through school, my 12th grade year, God sent me the bestest friend. I said, the bestest friend. And my 12th grade year was the best year I had since I've been in school. And she didn't look at me outside of who I was. She encouraged me. And this is funny, y'all. I did not know how to curse. Did not know. Did not know. But I would say a few words and people would laugh at me. Because that's not who I was. I just picked that up along the way. But I remember this best friend that I had, she told me, she said, my mama just didn't want me hanging around you. Because she said that she just didn't want me around you. And I I said to myself, what's wrong with me? Because she was a church-going girl. I was a church-going girl too, but I just didn't do it like she did it. Y'all know how we do in and out of church and then live any kind of way. So anyway, we would stay friends, and she didn't see me that way. She seen me, saw me for who I was, so I had something for her, and she had something for me. And today, we're still best friends. I don't see her like I need to see her. She don't see me like she need to see me, but when we see each other, we know who we are. So what am I saying to you? I got out of feeling like I had nobody until I could get in a place to say, it ain't about who hangs with me. It ain't about who talks with me. Because when you get in a place in your life that you're so down and out, and nobody can help you, y'all, this was my place. Nobody could help me come out of a place that I was in. It was a world full of darkness. It was a world full of fear. It was a world full of, I don't even know who I am no more. I can't think right. I can't even be in a place without being nervous, without being fearful, without feeling alone. And I was married then, y'all, but by that time, everything had hit me, and I got so depressed. It was like, why am I here? What's the point? Had a good husband, um, just had our first um, son. Everything was good. Bills was good. Money was good. Everything looked good, but none of that satisfied me because it was a void in me that he could not fill. See, when you put your hope in people, and something happened to you, you waiting on those people to fulfill what you're missing. He couldn't feel it, but God did. Daddy couldn't feel it. My aunts couldn't feel it. Nobody could feel it, and I thought, well, maybe this is just how I am, and I can just live like this, but it got so overbearing. I didn't want to get out of the bed. I didn't want to go to work. I was calling him off work. 
I was saying, come on home. I need somebody home with me. Everything seemed like it was just coming in on me. And the enemy was giving me suicidal thoughts. Maybe you shouldn't be here. I had a fear of death. Oh, I'm going to die. Everything in my body was just, just crazy. I didn't know what to do. But I, when I called on Jesus, I said, God, if you can help me, nobody can. I remember in my house, I would get on my knees in the middle of the floor and scream to the top of my lungs and say, God, if you don't do this, nobody can. So I'm going to trust in you to do this. It was hard going to work. It was hard being teen and being a mother. It got so bad, I told my husband, get my son out the room. I can't take him being in here. See, y'all don't know my life. You only look at what you see now. But you don't know what God brought me from to bring me to this moment to give you what you need so you don't have to go through what I went through. God always have a ram in the bush. And I remember my aunt would say, well, man, if you, if you had told me, I would have, she couldn't help me, even if she wanted to. Because this woman right here, this is how she helped you. Well, what's, what's going on? What's going on? Tell me now, what's going on? What, what's, what's going on with you? Couldn't tell her really what was going on with me because I know she'll do everything in her power. Well, let's try this. Well, let's try. I ain't got time for all that. See, she's a loving, she's a caring person. And sometimes people care so much, you just want to look at them and say, go sit down. That's what you want to do because you're saying, eat nobody. I made up my mind. Nobody can help me but God. My husband took me in the mall. He said, buy what you want. I stopped right there and I see a vision of it. I stopped right there in the middle of the clothes. I said, listen. If you gave me a million dollars, it could not touch where I am now. And that's when he knew she need help. Because he know you take me in a mall, I spend some money. I'm in and out dodging. He knew I needed help. But I knew deep down inside, nobody can help me with this but God. It was nights I laid in the bed, y'all, scared for another day. Thinking that that day was going to be worse than the day that I was in. And when I got to that day, with what I laid down with, I bought it into that day and it made it worse. Trembling. Couldn't think. Sometimes hard to catch my breath. Anxiety. Had to lay on the floor to get myself together. But when I made up my mind, to say, God, you're the only one can help me through this. And let me tell you, God walked me through it day by day. I got a diary right now for 30 days. God talked to me from the day I got up to the day I laid down. And when I'm in my car driving, he's steady talking for me to get to point A to point B. See, I'm going to tell you something. When you know who you are in Christ... You can last. You can hold on. When you know who you are in Christ, you give up complaining because you recognize the complaining is making it worse. The only thing I can do, God, is trust you right now. The only thing I can do is grab hold 
to you right now. But y'all, the way I was grabbing hold was begging him to do it. But one day, I heard. God told me I done done everything. This is why y'all hear my verse. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live. But it's Christ who lives in me. I remember I was standing in that very hall. This time I was standing up and I was complaining before God. I'm quoting your word. God, but everything is still the same. And when he gave me that verse of scripture and I began to meditate on it, he said, this is what you're missing. He said, you died. It ain't about you no more. It ain't about how you feel. It's about who you are now that you're in Christ. He paid the price for your healing. He paid the price for your mind. He paid the price for your deliverance. So when you grab hold to him and live according to what he has done, then you will be free. Some of y'all are not walking in freedom because you're still trying to do it. When you say, God, I can't do it no more. That's when the spirit of the living God that's in you, that born again, you. That's when you begin to get a quickening that flows through your body and say, peace be still. We miss it because we're still trying to do it. And you are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. The part of you that's you is your spirit. Your soul has to be renewed every day to connect to the real you. And as your soul connect to the real you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, is going to flow to your body and you're going to live that new life in Christ. But until you make a connection to the real you, you're going to live just like you not saved. I don't care how much you read the word. Read it to Jesus come. That's head knowledge. You have to believe in what the word says. This is why Paul, when he went to Thessalonia, this is what they said. Paul told them, he said, you took the word of God, not as man's word, but you took it as God's word. And being that you took the word as God's word, it effectually It operates in those that believe. If the word ain't operating, it's because you don't believe it. The word become operable, it starts operating when you believe what the word is saying, not trying to get it to do nothing. You praise God for what it's already done. You're not waiting on it to do nothing. It's already done what it's going to do. You grab hold to what it's already done. What's already yours is yours because you're in Christ. Even if I messed up today, it don't change what I have in Christ. But what happens is it blocks me from grabbing hold to what I have in Christ. The enemy cannot take back from you what he has given you. It's a done deal. You are in covenant with him. I give you an example of being in covenant. When you're in covenant, It's a contract that has been signed by blood. Our covenant has been signed by the blood of Jesus. That means nobody can take you from what God has given you because it's a done deal. 
We go back to um, David and Jonathan. Remember they had a covenant, a blood covenant. David said, what's mine is yours. What's yours is mine, Jonathan. That's how Jonathan and David did it. Even when Jonathan died, David was still in covenant with Jonathan through his family, through his children. So it went from Jonathan to his children, found out that he had a child that was crippled. And this child thought that David was coming to kill him. And and that was not the case. David was coming to honor the covenant that he had. And he took that very child and the people that was in that child's house. He sat him at his very table. He ate from the table of David. Whatever David had belonged to that child because he stayed in covenant with Jonathan. What am I saying to you? Because Jesus made the covenant for me. No matter whatever I do, God still got to honor that covenant because of Jesus, not because of what I did or how I do it. So I'll never be out of covenant. God knew we were going to mess up because we're human. There's not a person in this place that don't mess up. If you say you don't mess up, you're lying. And you need to repent. This is why I say get your mouth off other people like you ain't never done nothing because you in and out the word. Yes, you may not do what they do, but you done something. Even if you thought wrong about somebody, you done something. That's a sin. But we think because people don't see it outwardly, we okay. God said, I look at the heart. He said, though you saying it with your lips and you praising me, he said, your heart is far from me. So no matter whatever you lay down, if it ain't done from the heart, it's meaningless. People are doing things outwardly to let people know this is what I done. God said, you don't get no credit for that. You did it so nobody won't look at you not doing nothing. Just don't do it. Because when you're in Christ, you're going to represent him. Don't y'all know? Read the Bible. Go back into the Old Testament when God made a covenant with Abraham. This is so good. Y'all, Abraham was just a man. But he was a man that was righteous before God. How was he righteous? Because he believed God. He didn't have to be circumcised to be in covenant. He had to be believe God and God counted him as being righteous. So this is what God told Abraham when he made a covenant with Abraham. Y'all remember the covenant? He put Abraham to sleep to do the covenant. Why? He said, I don't need your help, Abraham. He knocked him out. He said, this covenant is a covenant that I'm making between me and you. And when he made that covenant, he told Abraham, your name is no longer going to be Abram. He said, when people call your name Abraham, it means father of many nations. And though you don't see these nations as of yet in the natural, you are a father of many nations. So every time they say Abraham, it's going to be many nations. So Abraham took that, what God said. Now y'all check it out. Abraham messed up. He slept with Hagar because his wife told him to. Is that her name, Hagar? He slept with her. But guess what? God didn't count that against him because guess what? God said, I can't change my mind. I can't change my word. I told you, you're going to be a father of many nations and I'm not going on your mess up. I'm going on my word. Who is the word? Jesus is the word. So God is going on Jesus. He ain't going on your mishaps. He ain't going on you trying to get it right. Some of y'all can't get the healing that's already yours is because you're trying to get it right to be healed. 
That's why you ain't healed. Because you're trying to get it right. I got to pray more to be healed. I got to fast more to be healed. I got to do this to be healed. I got to eat right to be healed. If you never eat, you already healed. I said, still I'll be healed. Sit there to Jesus come and get left behind. It ain't about what you do. It's about what he's already done. It is a done deal. If you're going to turn anything over, turn the word of God in them pages and start flipping them. And see what he said, because you can fast, but without prayer and the word, the fast ain't no good. You're just depleting your body of something, but you need to replace it with the word of God, with prayer, with seeking his face while he can be found. So now that we're in Christ, Abraham believed God. So believing God means I have to depend upon God. It ain't no more dependent upon Abraham. I have to take God at his word now because I have turned my life over to him. And look what God told Abraham. Leave what you familiar with. Did that, did that uh, bring back something to y'all? Some of us haven't left what we familiar with. Because we're living off the familiar. We're living off how we feel. We're living off trying to make it work. But he had to leave what he was familiar with. He had to leave his family. That means now that we're in Christ, I have to leave my father. I have to leave my husband, my children. I have to leave everything and put him first and foremost. The problem is we get too hooked up with man. We get too hooked up with their way of doing and their way of acting that we figure that if I do it man's way, then things will work out. No, you got to do it God's way. So God said, Abraham, when you leave what you're familiar with, that's when I'm going to bless you. God said, you can't have no in-between with me. Y'all already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, you have these spiritual blessings. Spiritual, not physical. They're spiritual. You got to bring spiritual into physical. You cannot clash them together. So he said, Abraham, once you leave, I'm going to bless you. And he said, those that bless you, I'm going to bless them. Those that curse you, Abraham, I'm going to curse them. Let me tell you how you put yourself back under a curse. Not believing what the word says. You trying to do it yourself and be self-righteous. Remember he said, Abraham, those that curse you, I'm going to curse them. Those that speak ill against Abraham, he said it's going to go right back to them because you're following what I'm doing, Abraham. That's why I don't worry. You know, I don't worry because my father takes care of me. It's already written. You dig a hole for me, you done fell in it. See, you better understand that when you're coming after somebody, you're hurting your own self. Because if they're about their father's business, God already done took care of it. He said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay, says the Lord. We're trying to do so much to try to defend ourselves. But look at Abraham. After he left, guess what? The Bible says, Abraham took Lot. Lot wasn't part of that. Abraham felt sorry for Lot. Got Lot with him and all their substance, and there began to be strife amongst their herdsmen. Abraham had to be the one to step in. Why? Because he was living the life that God wanted him to live. What did he do? 
Abraham said, Lot, if you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. I'm going to let you choose. Didn't he tell him? Abraham wasn't upset because he knew his God. He knew the God that he served. How do we handle it in the body of Christ? We try to defend. We try to make it right. But what we're supposed to do is go on what the word says. And we do what the word says and it'll already work its own self out. So they separated themselves. And guess what? After they separated, who had to go rescue Lot? Apostle. Abraham had to rest. You know how sometimes we say, ooh, that lot out of my life. But Abraham had to go back and rescue Lot. Some of y'all got some lots that got out of your life, but God's going to send you right back to rescue Lot because that's the love of God. Sometimes we don't want to rescue them because they deserve to get what they get. They went into Sodom and Gomorrah. I didn't go up in there. Why I got to go get him? Because God said, I said so. That's how my word works. So it don't matter what people do to you. You're supposed to love them outside of you because you have the love of God. That's what it means being in Christ. You have his love. Getting back to marriage. I don't love that man because he loved me. Because if I based it, me loving him based on him loving me, it would be good. But I love him because God first. Love me. Our marriage got to be based on God's love, not ours. Because that's the best kind of love. It's unconditional. So when he mess up or I mess up, we don't base it upon condition. We base it upon agape. This ain't no conditional marriage, baby. It's for better or for worse. It's for sickness or for poor. What else is it? Sickness and in help. Light, death. See, this is the problem with people. Going right back to marriage. Oh, I love you, baby. And I know you love me. And we can do this. We can make it work. It don't matter what somebody else say. But guess what? Once you get in that marriage, you see in stuff you ain't never saw before. Hogging the bed, breathing in your face. (laughs) Leaving stuff all over the place. Stomach growling more than ever because wife don't want to cook. Husband so tired because they be in Ahab's living up to Jezebel. You weren't like this before I married you. Well, this is what you get. This is just who I am. Wife, a loving girl, bringing the plates to the man. Baby, what you want me to order you? Baby. Now nah, I ain't no more baby. It's nigger. It's rascal. It's no good. I should have left you in your mama house. You were no gooder. You're lazy. You're slowful. Don't know how to fix nothing. Always breaking something. Never taught nothing. You stink. You don't never wash. These are saved folk. You're just like your mama. You're just like your daddy. You look like your mama. Come on, this is truth. Get married now, ain't no more sugar, baby, honey bun. You're too fat. Lose some weight. I ain't marry a big woman. I ain't marry a big bear. Do something about that snoring. I can't go to sleep. Get in the other room. Leave me alone. Bring the Tylenol. 
Shirley in that suit too. He in church. He said, "Who are you?" He said, "You eternal fool." That's who you are. That was his mean words. If you don't know who you are, guess what? You're gonna be in a fix. Because in marriage, you have arguments. You look at each other one-eyed. You answer wrongly sometimes and get on the phone with other people. Hey, baby. And then told your husband, shut up, get out of my face. Hey, how you doing, sweetie? I'm glad you called. To God be the glory. Praise him. And that husband's sitting there saying, you hypocrite. (laughs) And then you get off the phone. They don't treat me like you treat me. They don't talk to me like you. But that don't give you a right to do them that way. Because if you are in Christ, You're showing the characteristics of Christ. You don't do people wrong because they do you wrong. You love them. And that's what turned them back the other way. The love of God. And I'm getting somewhere. We say we know who we are. If you know who you are, why are you acting out of character? Why you got a fence up? Why you jealous? Love bears all. It covers a multitude of sin. So this is why when you see in the Bible things that were going on in the Bible, they were reminded whom they serve. They were reminded whom they represent. God said, even when you get into these lands, and he said, these people are going to, by your laws and how you act, they're going to know that you're different. They're going to know that you're separated. So see, even on your job, people are supposed to see you differently. You don't supposed to live like the world live. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. Where am I going? I'm going to go here. And I'm about to close. I'm about to close. I said about, Apostle. I'm about. So we see in the word of God, therefore, if any man be in Christ, who are you in? What? We're not sure yet. Let me tell you something. Y'all know how at the games, y'all know how you go to the football games and stuff and they have the cheerleaders and they be doing them cheers and they be hard at doing it. But guess what? It didn't happen overnight. They go practice. Is that not right? And when they practice, when they go to them games, they be cheering for their teams and they be cheering so it makes you want to cheer, makes you want to holler. Right, Thea? When you got a team that you want to win, you doing all the hollering, Right? So when I say, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? Who are you? You in Christ, so you're what? What have passed away? Behold, what has become new? People should see the new you. Who you are in Christ. Not who you used to be. And if you're acting like you used to be, you need to go get transformed. That's all. 
because you still who you are in Christ, but you ain't been transformed and changed to live the life of Christ. Some people say you act just like you ain't saved. True that, true that, true that, brother Willie, true that. I ain't gonna lie, true that. But I need to go get some change here. I need to go get some transformation. I ain't gonna deny that. I'm acting like a jokester. I'm acting all out of character. You wonder who that? I still know who I am. I just ain't walking in who I am. You got to conduct yourself by who you are. Yo, you can be happy in Christ. You can live a good life in Christ. You can laugh. You can cry in Christ. You don't have to act so holy that you're scared to say anything. Because everything that come out of your mouth should represent him. So you shouldn't be shamed of what you say. Or if you say something you shouldn't say, there is a retraction to say, oh, up, wait a minute, shouldn't have said that. I've repented of that. That was wrong. That's how you make a correction so you won't be condemned. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. But if you are in Christ, there is therefore no condemnation. So get off my back, enemy, because I already know what I've done. So I'm going back to retract that. I'm renewing my mind. You don't have that on me no more. Do you know why you're still feeling guilty? Because you're holding something. If you're feeling guilty and condemned, it's because you're holding something. You don't want to let go of you. You want everybody else to feel bad. Look at your neighbor and say, what you holding? Say, what you holding? Say, that's why all that condemnation is coming in. See, the enemy wants you to feel condemned because he don't want truth. As long as he can make you feel condemned, guess what? You cannot be set apart in truth. That's why Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. I'm going somewhere else. If y'all want to leave, you can. But I'm going to keep right on going, praise Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm going to go above that and let you understand where Paul is coming from. It says in verse 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. What is Paul saying? He said, what compels me, what keeps me doing what I do is the love of Christ. He said, this is why I can keep teaching, keep preaching. This is why I can continue to do what I do because what was happening is they were looking at Paul wrongly. They was trying to get Paul to, uh, how can I say it? He's an apostle, but they was trying to um, get him to, mm, how can I say this? They, Paul knew who he was, but they were doubting who Paul was. So they wanted Paul to prove himself. That's what I'm saying. But Paul said, what keeps me, what constrains me, what compels me to keep doing what I'm doing is the love of Christ. This is your key. When you know his love and how much he loved you before you were even lovable. Men, I want to tell you something. You can love your wife the way Christ loved the church. When you experience his love, anything somebody do to you, love will cover it. Because you done experienced his love. So Paul said, what keep me going is the love of Christ. He said, I know that he only died for me. He died for all. The day that I accepted Jesus, he said that sin nature was buried. It was dead. It was gone. So that means my life ain't based and controlled on sin. 
because I don't live by that no more. Sin has been done away with. And the more I know his love, I don't want to sin. People are doing stuff outside of God's will because you don't know his love. When you know his love, you won't fornicate and you save. When you know his love, you won't commit adultery because you know his love. When you know his love, you won't lie, you won't steal, you won't do what the world is doing because you know his love. You have experienced his love. His love will constrain you, it will compel you not to do what everybody else is doing because you know who you are. Now that you're in Christ, I don't have to live that way no more. Because I know what his love done for me. And by me doing what I'm doing, I ain't accepting what he's already done. So the more you come in relationship with him, I don't care how good looking that man is, good looking that woman is. I don't care what that body looks like. I'm going to flee that. Why? Because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ Jesus. Everything that used to hold me, it can't hold me no more. Because guess what? I'm subject to that. If I don't turn from that, I'm going to be in bondage again unto that. And this is why he was saying, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He's still talking to the Corinthians. You know why? Because there were fornication in the church. And he was saying, don't you know when you join a harlot, you become one with the harlot? He said, when you sleep with the prostitute, you become one with that prostitute. Guess what happens when you become one? You have those desires of that prostitute. You still, it's not enough. I got to have more. I got to have more. Because when you, this is why you do not, when you uh, save, you do not fornicate and say, I'm young. That's a young person. That's what they do. Not in Christ, you don't. Who told you that lie? Because when you join to someone, you becoming one to that person. That means their thinking is your thinking. If they're depressed, you become depressed. Because you don't join to that. You cannot be joining to stuff that's not God. And even if it is God, you don't join with it until you're married. And people telling people today, stay folk. It's okay to live together and not be married. That ain't being in Christ. Because if you got a man and woman in the same house, they ain't locking no door at night. After they finish, that's when they repent, and then they wait two days later and go back again. Men, when you love your wife, you don't go outside. The marriage bed is undefiled. That means ain't no adultery. They don't mean gadgets. It means no adultery. Amen. I can do what I want to do in my, in my bed. That's not what that scripture means. When you're in Christ, you live the way Christ lived. You do what Christ do. You don't go outside of what he does. And how do you know what he do? You go into the mirror, the word of God. When you are unsure about something, you have the Holy Spirit and you say, Holy Spirit, I ain't feeling quite right about that. It's a pull on me. I need your help, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you to the word where you been. He will testify of truth and only truth. So Paul was saying the love of God constrains me. But then this is what he went on to say in the next verse. He said, and that he died for all that they should live. 
not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That's it, isn't it? He said, if you know that he died for you, you should live unto him and not unto yourself. Y'all get it? Y'all get it? If he died for you and he, you know he died for you and you're in him, you living unto him and not unto yourself. And then this next verse is saying this. I love this. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know him, we him no more. What is Paul saying? All of us that are born again, we're supposed to see ourselves as who we are in Christ. No matter what a person do outside of Christ, we see them for who they are in Christ. And if we see them for who they are in Christ, when they're going outside of Christ, we remind them of who they are now that they're in Christ. We're not about offense because that's not who we are in Christ. We're about love. That's why we speak truth in love. This is the problem with the body of Christ. Whatever the words say, that's what we're supposed to do. Amen. The word says if you got ought against your brother, you go to your brother. The word tell you how to handle ought. This is the way Jesus would handle it. Let me leave this verse with you. Go to John 15. I don't know about y'all, but the word will give you what you need for you to start your journey. Amen. John 15. Listen at this right here. And John 15, this is what Jesus is saying. I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This is what I'm saying today. Some of us don't want to be purged. We're supposed to be fruit bearers. And if we don't get purged, some of those things that we're hanging on to that's not God have to be prone, have to be taken away. How does it? Is it taken away? This is how it's taken away. Jesus said, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Jesus said, you are purged, you are clean through this word that is spoken unto you. If you want to get prone, y'all, if you want to take a good bath, it's in the word. I don't care how much you wash your body, eventually you're going to stink again, right? Come on, somebody. Go outside and sweat. Or go do the nasty and don't wash. You're going to stink. I'm just making it plain. But when you go into the word of God, when you come out of that word, you got a sweet aroma. Everything around you begin to change. It begin to look different. It's no longer the same no more. And guess what you see when you come out of the word? You. Sometimes we go in the word and we want to find fault in everybody else. Y'all know how you read the word and the word will speak to you and you be like, Lord, have mercy, Lord. Who you getting that to? You want reading it. Not unless you're going in there specifically praying for somebody else, but if you're reading it and then you're going to say, well, Lord, who, who, who you getting that to? You're spending your time trying to figure out who he's giving it to. He's saying you. I want you to eat that word. So this is what we, we need proning, y'all. Miracle Temple, we need proning. Because if you don't get prone, you cannot bear more fruit. You are barren. This is what's happening in the body of Christ. We want to prone everybody else, but you don't want to be prone. You want to tell everybody else about themselves or what God is telling you, but what about, what did he tell you? And this is what Jesus said after that. 
He said, if you abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Jesus said, the only way you're going to bear fruit is abiding in me, remaining in me, holding on to me, depending on me. That's the only way, y'all, we're going to bear fruit. Outside of him, the next verse tells us, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringing forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So if you're not bringing forth fruit, the fruit represents him, his characteristics, his way of doing things. It represents the fruit of the spirit. So if you're not bringing forth that, you need to be prone so you can bear more fruit. You got to be willing to be prone. You got to be willing to say, Lord, search me. See where I am stunted. See where my growth is stunted. I'm supposed to be growing in grace and I'm not growing the way I need to. I'm the same way I was last year. A bit worse. So what's stopping me from bearing the fruit? From bringing forth the fruit? He said, you're not remaining in me. You're depending on yourself. You're depending on your way of doing things. Your way of being. He said, but when you abide in me, when you remain in me, when you hold it on to the vine, guess how we hold on to that vine? When you talked about, hold on to the vine. Amen. When you're ridiculed, hold on to the vine. When you're persecuted, hold on to the vine. When the bills are due, hold on to the vine. When your body is racked in pain, hold on to the vine. When trouble comes, hold on to the vine. When I feel like I don't have joy, hold on to the vine. When I feel like I can't have long suffering, hold on to the vine. And as you hold on to the vine, you bearing fruit in those times. Amen. We let go in troubled times. We let go when we feel like we talked about. We let go when our marriage seems like it's crumbling. But when you hold on to the vine, the Bible tells us when we're holding on, we can ask anything in his name and he'll do it for us. But you only hold on to something or someone you believe. When you truly believe him, you can hold on to him and you can say, God, I don't know. But you know all things. I'm going to tell you something. When you can't be where a person is when they're going through, you got to hold on to the vine. When you let somebody go and they're not in your reach no more, you can't be there to hold them. It reminds me of my daughter when she's two hours from me. Y'all may have people at longer distances than she is. And when she's going through and when she ain't feeling quite right, I can't do nothing but begin to hold on to the vine, me and my husband. We begin to pray. We begin to seek God. I say, God, I don't know. But you know all things. And we begin to come against what's coming against her. And we begin to stand doing all we stand. Even though the enemy is coming trying to make you think otherwise, we have to hold on to the vine and say, nope, that ain't what you said, God. And God will tell you, lay down and sleep. Rest. He'll give you peace in it. Lay down and sleep. And rest. And then the funny part is, when God said, lay down and sleep and rest, we'll get a text and she'll say, I'm all right. I'm going to tell you all something. If you don't hold on to him, that means you're holding on to something else that you trust in more than you're trusting in him. 
We're living in perilous times. We're living in a time right now that people are on stage. Pastor showed me a video. I was so disgusted. On stage singing secular music. Then at the end of the secular song, you're going to start calling Jesus and say who he is to me. And people hollering, bless the Lord. Bless her. I said, we got to pray for that. Because she wants Jesus. But she having a hard time turning to Jesus because she don't want to let go. But if we pray, people, if we pray and we lift her up and say, God, that that you have given her is for your glory. It ain't for the world's glory. God, that that she need, God, I speak that you send people to give her what she need right now. So she can hold on to the vine. Because she's the branch. And outside of you, we can. She can do nothing. It's time to line up to who we are in Christ. And until we line up to who we are, you ain't going to be able to do things the way they need to be done in the body of Christ until you know your identity. Some of us do not know our identity because we're having too many mishaps in the body of Christ. When we know our identity, we don't fight against each other. When we know our identity, we do according to the word and not do according to be seen or to be heard or to be attached to. Because my identity is in him now. I can't come against what God is doing. When your identity is in Christ, you do not come against the work of the Lord. You do not talk about those that's doing the work of the Lord because you know who you are. That's why David could have killed Saul, y'all. David could have killed him and he, he tore off, what, the robe. He was even upset because he ripped the robe. He said, touch not God's anointed. Who am I to do what I've done? That's God's doing, not mine. David let Saul know, I could have killed you. But see, David was trusted in God more than he trusted in David. Come on, we go and read the word. But are you applying what you're reading to your life first? Miracle Temple, it's a do-over. God said it's a do-over. We're wasting too much time. We are kingdom citizens. People out there dying daily that don't know Jesus. And if we say we know him and know who we are in him, somebody else should know him through us. Get off title. Quit looking at you. You got a title. Ain't for me to do that. You supposed to do whatever he tell you to do. Paul had a title. Paul, first of all, say, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. Meaning that he so totally sold himself to Jesus. That's what servant means. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. He put that out there first. Everywhere in the word of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, a servant of Jesus Christ. He knew who he was in Christ. He said, outside of Christ, I'm nothing. We want people to see us by our title. When you stand before God, don't even get up there and say, God, I'm here, Apostle Amanda Bryant, appointed, coming for duty. He ain't going on that no more. He used that to set up his church so people know his pattern here. He used it to set it up. But when you get to heaven, he ain't going to categorize you. The only apostle sitting in heaven is the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Them the ones that's going to be the judge. Whoops. Y'all read that? It was 12 of them. 
You ain't amongst them 12. Your name ain't going to be apostle or prophet or evangelist. It's going to be children of God. Child of the king. You better know who you are now and get off these titles, mess, and get to know who you are. I supposed to be in this position. You only know who you are. You can't even hold a position. Get in a position and can't even stay there because when it get too tough, you read it. You better know who you are. If I didn't know who I was, y'all, y'all wouldn't see me. I'm going to be honest with you. It takes a lot of crying out to God. It takes a lot of this right here, on your knees, on your face, rolling all over the place. Sometimes you have to roll, (laughs) roll. So God is saying, know your position. And when you know your position, first of all, who, who you are in Christ, you don't have to expect for people to call you by no title. You don't. It's about him. It's not about us, y'all. It's about him. It's about his glory being revealed through us. And until we know that, we're living like we're lost. We're living spiritually dead, yet though we are spiritually alive in him. That's that Zoe life. It's eternal life. That even when we leave this world, that body that's there, that ain't you. Your spirit is went to be with the Lord. So you never die. Even when that body is sitting there, we should be rejoicing and say they're still living. They're living a better life. We give God glory because their spirit is went to be with the Lord. They ne- you never die when you come to Jesus, y'all. Even when the body is in the grave, you still living. That's what we need to be teaching. Even when you leave this world, some of us say, I ain't ready to go yet. Even when you go, you're still living. Just that nobody don't see you. That's all. But the reason why we say we don't want to leave because we feel like we ain't got everything we need here on earth. We ain't fully lived that life. Your life is in him. Not in these earthly goods. Come on, y'all. Read what the word says. The word will put us in check. It ain't about what you drive. It ain't about what you living in, the house you living in, your cars. It ain't about all that. It's about him. But he give you all of these things, what, to enjoy. Why are you here on earth? But when you put these things above him, that's when you start losing these things. The Bible said the love of money. It ain't the money. It's the love that we have for the money. It's the root of all evil. This is why we should know each other by who we are in Christ. When you look at a person and you're looking at them outside of Christ, even though they're born again, you're putting them in a place that they're not in. I don't care how they lie, how they steal, whatever they do, that is outside of who they are, but you're supposed to see them for who they are in Christ and remind them the way Paul did. Paul didn't try to condemn them. He told them truth. And that truth helped them to realize that they are new creations in Christ. Old things, y'all, have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. So I'm going to ask you again, who are you? Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. We thank God for the teaching. Meditate on it. So when things come up in your life, you go back to who you are in Christ. 
healing, deliverance, or whatever it is, and you begin to call those things forth that you have now that you are in Christ, and you will see things manifest in your life even the more. Do we have any visitors at this